This episode of EM Weekly has been archived. The ideas presented by the former host of EM Weekly may not reflect or represent the values of the Readiness Lab and the Doberman Emergency Management Group. Out of respect for the guests who contributed to this episode, it remains available online. EM Weekly is starting right now. The basic principle is we're going to connect to what people already have in their hands and not make them buy other types of radios and so on and so forth. Hi, and welcome to Ian Weekly. This is your host, Todd DeVoe. This episode, we're going to be talking about interoperability of communications and with Basecamp Connect. One of the reasons why I wanted to have Basecamp to talk about uh, communications is because whenever we do a drill or an actual event, when we do our after action reports, the biggest thing that always comes up is communications. So I said, okay, I need to search out somebody who has a quality product who could talk about emergency communications in the sense of interoperability, uh, an easy solution. And I found these guys at Basecamp Connect. And so it was, it was really cool to be able to talk to Frank about their product and what it does and how it helps. And so if I can use it, if this is something that I could take a look at, figure out pretty easily, anybody could do it because I am definitely not a techno guy. Uh, so I hope that you guys can, can get something out of this. Uh, check out their website and their product. Also, I'd like you guys, if you guys could please share this podcast and all the other ones with your friends and colleagues. It's uh, growing this community. This is your community. And I want you guys to understand that I'm here for you guys. So we're going to be rolling out a new feature called Ask Todd. And basically you go to our website, www.emweekly.com. Dot com and you can just go ahead and submit your question there if I don't know the answer um, we'll find somebody who does we'll get the question answered in uh, these coming up podcasts and so it's going to be the Ask Todd section of the Ian Weekly podcast so I'm pretty pretty stoked about that we've had a few people that uh, have been asking questions and then I've been looking for solutions for you guys and I don't mind doing it and I, I love learning just as much as uh as you guys do, and, and so that's a really cool feature I think that we're going to be throwing out there. So if you guys have any suggestions, any questions, please go to the EM Weekly website and ask Todd any question that you can think of emergency management related, and we'll find answers for you. That being said, the holidays are coming up, and we're going to be doing a featured episode here on products and books and whatnot that I would love to have under my Christmas tree. And so I did a little poll on the EM Weekly group on Facebook of what you'd like to see underneath your Christmas tree as an emergency manager or the Hanukkah bush or the Festivus pole or whatever you guys celebrate, you know, Kwanzaa, what you'd like to have for a holiday gift or any gift for that matter if you don't do any partake in anything as an emergency manager. And so we'll be doing that episode here coming up shortly and I'm going to have a lot of fun with it and I hope you guys do too. Well, let's not wait any longer and let's get into... Basecamp Connect. Hey guys, how you doing? And, and thank you so much for coming and listening to Ian Weekly. And today I have uh, from Basecamp Connect, which is a really cool product that I want to kind of highlight. And I have Frank Robineau here with me. Um, he's going to talk about his company, what they do, and how their solutions makes communication so much easier in the disaster setting. So Frank, welcome to the show. Thank you. Glad to be here. 
So Frank, tell me a little bit about yourself and then I'd like to hear about your company and how you got started and what exactly you guys are doing now for uh, communications and emergency settings. Yeah, so um, I am uh, VP of sales for the company. Uh, I've been hired about two years ago. Um, we uh, Basecamp is a uh, Canadian company based out of uh, Quebec City on the on the South Shore of Quebec City. Um, the company has been operating about five years, uh, mostly uh, with the uh, Canadian National Defense on the uh, uh, more of the public safety side. Uh, as you know, there's a uh, uh, the Canadian Reserve is deployed during uh, emergencies natural catastrophes uh, like um, I guess the most common uh, one that we see is the uh, floods in Manitoba so they were looking for uh, an alternative solution to what they had uh, that was quick uh, that they could deploy plug in public safety together with them uh, and basically go there have a, a temporary infrastructure and uh, be there to help out the local uh, the local agency. So we started to work with them about five years ago, and uh, naturally that uh, trickled down to public safety. And now we sell throughout uh, Canada, the U.S., and a little bit in Europe, uh, and just recently uh, in Southeast Asia, uh, our systems to uh, public safety, sheriffs, um, police, and uh, fire departments, emergency management, uh, and also to uh, everything that is uh, non-military related uh, in um, or military, but not related to uh, traditional military operations. Uh, what I mean by that is uh, National Guard, National um, uh, National Guard, I guess, is what we would call it in basically every country. Your product, how exactly does it work? Right. So there's various ways uh, to explain them, but basically it's kind of a, uh, from what the customers are telling us, uh, the base camp is kind of a magic box in the sense that uh, uh, it's a roller case that we uh, deploy uh, basically anywhere. And uh, that uh, rapid deploy kit interconnects agencies together uh, using their own radios uh, and also it provides telephone and internet service in five minutes flat without any training, uh, without having uh, IT infrastructure being around. Uh, it does all that automatically and, and dramatically reduces the time of deployment when there's an emergency uh, and greatly accelerates the interoperability, which is, you know, I guess a, a big word uh, in emergency management nowadays. So unlike any other system that you're going to see out, th out there, uh, the base camp uh, actually works with all existing technologies. Uh, we, we can connect to anything that's out there in terms of telephone networks instead of legacy systems, instead of, um, uh, you know, future systems coming along, like I'm thinking about 5G technologies that will mm -hmm. be, uh, you know, that's basically at our doorstep and that's going to be available maybe in two, three years from now. Uh, the base camp already incorporates all that in a very simple platform um, and uh, really it eliminates complex training and it auto manages networks. So uh, if you're in an emergency based on uh, uh, communications with a cell carrier and that carrier uh, falls down, the towers are not available or, you know, in events that we saw recently uh, like Hurricane Harvey uh, and a little bit further away, uh, Katrina, Sandy and, and uh, things like that. Um, the system will automatically reconnect to available networks from hmm. cell towers to T1 lines to legacy systems all the way to uh, satellite dishes. 
obviously earthquakes are one of the issues that we talked about. And we had a small little earthquake one time and we lost uh, communication because the cell phones and landlines are all overwhelmed with people calling up to see if they felt that earthquake. So I, yeah. I can see where this comes into play. Yeah. And this is a little bit, uh, um, uh, you know, what you just mentioned, uh, that's important. Uh, a lot of, uh, uh, LTE networks or non LTE networks get uh, clogged or become unavailable when there's, uh, uh, and it doesn't need to be a catastrophe. It could be a large event. Uh, if you know, if you're in California and you, uh, go in any city that has an NFL football team, uh, you know, the day of the event, um, if you look at the network and the way that it's being used, it's, uh, in almost an overcapacity. Uh, so it's, you know, it's very difficult if something happens during an event like that, uh, to actually have uh, public safety go through traditional networks, even though we're LTE networks. So this is a little bit, uh, one of the reasons why the uh, LTE private networks, uh, we're starting to hear about them, you know, initiatives like uh, FirstNet, which, uh, you know, the governor of Texas just, uh, said, I think it was, uh, last week that they're going to, they're going to give the go to the project and, and have uh, FirstNet available in Texas. One of the things I noticed about your about your product is that for anybody listening, there's no, no derogatory means by this, but you fire fire proof it or you cop proof it, which means that anybody could take it, open it, and start using it, and you don't have to worry about being an IT uh, guy. That design is pretty uh, instrumental, I guess, in in what you guys are doing. Have you found that it's that easy? I mean, I know you said it earlier that it's pretty easy, but is you have you found that it's that easy to deploy that anybody can grab that box and make it work? Oh yeah, you know, this is what uh, got me into the industry because, uh, you know, the, the positions I had before in previous companies, I thought I'd never go uh, in a smaller company type scenario. And uh, when I started to do my research, when we started to talk together and I, uh, I started to do my research on what's the other solutions out there, what do you need to make them work? Uh, and it always seems like there is heavy IT involvement at the time of deployment. So when you really need infrastructure to be there quickly, that's where you need to have IT uh, involvement. And basically because everything that I've seen before um, are using um, uh, IP switches, gateways, uh, you know, all words that uh, for a neophyte, you need to have IT knowledge to actually make them run and troubleshoot them. So the approach that Basecamp uh, has is very simple, is automating all of this IT configurations prior to the deployment and having failover uh, and, and safety nets all over so that if one fails, it automatically will defer to the next and to the next and to the next. So you could have, you know, many, we talked about networks before. So if I take this example again, uh, if we have six different networks preset within the unit, um, you know, chances are one of the six will be available. So if it goes on the first one and then it becomes unavailable and the system defers to number two, three, four, five, and six, uh, you know, one of them is going to be made available and ultimately that one will be assigned satellite dish because that's usually what we see as uh, being deployed when there's a, a major emergency. So um, 
we take care of all the complex automation. And when I mean we, it's Basecamp with the customers. So we do involve the IT department, uh, sometimes very heavily when it's uh, configuration time of the unit or uh, reconfiguring the unit or training them on how to do it themselves. But the basic principle remains the same. Once you deploy the unit, anybody can, um, you know, basically anybody with a brain can plug it in to any type of a power network, whether it be a traditional wet network or, uh, you know, what we call dirty power, like a generator. Uh, and once you could do that and uh, switch it on, you wait five minutes and you have your phone system, you have your radio interoperability module, you have your internet connection. Uh, and as a user, you don't need to know if it's on AT&T or Verizon or a satellite dish. Uh, if it works, it works, and that's all you need. One box that you have, how many systems can be hooked up into that one uh, That one box? Right. Well, we have two different uh, versions of the Basecamp. We have uh, the smaller one that we call the Basecamp Lite. It's basically a Pelican case that um, you could run between five and 10 people around the unit. So five or 10 people on, on the telephone system uh, and uh, on, on the internet connection. Um, but in terms of radio networks, we patch in two different radio networks together. And, and that is uh, from P25 to Tetra, encrypted, non-encrypted, analog, digital, uh, basically every radio that, uh, that that is out there. Right? And I would say 99% just to be sure. Um, the base camp, uh, which is the, the standard base camp and the first product that we came out with uh, a while ago, uh, that one is more scalable. So you can have up to 45 people working around the unit with the telephone system and the internet connectivity uh, and the radio networks, you can have either five different networks connected together uh, or 10 different networks. Usually, uh, you know, by what we see with customers, the most common is five radio networks because as an emergency manager, you don't want to manage 10 different uh, networks. That just becomes too much uh, in uh, when there's an emergency. And, and chances are uh, five is pretty much, uh, uh, I would say, the most common that pe- people will uh, uh, will use. Uh, there's not you know, many, uh, I'd say many uh, events that will happen that you will need to have 10 different agencies talking at the same time on radios. Uh, that, that you need to interoperate. So uh, between five and 45, and depending on uh, which unit uh, the customer chooses. You could throw this box on a fire truck or in the back of a police command vehicle and, and deploy it pretty quickly. How fast can it get up and running once you pull the box out and start and you put the on button? And you're right. You could plug it into a supervisor vehicle. Uh, most of the uh, even smaller SUVs that we see on the market uh, have power outlets for 150 watts more. Uh, our unit necessitates about 25 watts of, of running power to operate. So it's very, very minimal. Um, so you could take basically any type of vehicle with uh, a power outlet, 120 or 110 volt power outlet, plug it in, and within five minutes you will be connected to uh, to networks. Um, so it's very very quick. 
we have uh, large scale uh, fires out here out in the west and you know we have a bunch of different companies coming in uh, working together when I say companies like fire departments and, and whatnot uh, coming in to work together and it is you know one of the things that we would go to uh, is the old Bendix King radios to, so everybody's on the same communication and those things are you know they're old and they're old technology and they work for what they mm-hmm. are but they're not great so this here could replace that and everybody can use their normal radio is that the concept behind it well, uh, no, actually, and that's a valid point. The the base loop itself is agnostic to technologies used and connected to it, and that is true for uh, connectivity with cell networks, satellites, every you know anything you're, you're going to plug into the WAN port, for example. It's also true for the radios, which uh, uh, which is a, an advantage because it will work with the bending scheme. Um, and let's take an example, I think, to illustrate this. The bending scheme radios are uh, still used and highly used with uh, search and rescue teams. At least they are in Canada. Uh, most of the teams that are using the base camp uh, from uh, Toronto and Vancouver uh, and other cities uh, do have the Bendix Kings. But when they deploy, and they have the international mandate. So they're kind of like the FEMA teams in uh, in the U.S. When they deploy internationally, like what happened in Ecuador uh, with earthquakes, uh, volcanoes erupting and things like that, they will tie in with the local authorities that will probably not be on Bendix King. So they could be on Motorola, Kenwood, you know, whatever radios that they have down there. The idea with the base camp is that you will use your Bendix King radios um, because you need to operate uh, in simplex mode, for example, while you are abroad because you're just, you know, you, there's no power uh, that's near you and, and you're not uh, doing your work in a uh, city environment. And you will connect your radios and make a common channel with the public safety radios where you are going out to help out. Um, So this necessitates to have a system that's flexible enough and that allows you to have different type of radios, whether they are analog or digital or trunked or conventional or HF radios or Petra radios or whatever you have there. Um, it allows you to have all those communicate with each other, again, in a very simple way. And uh, it's it's an ad hoc network. So uh, you open the box, you plug those radios into the box, you make a, a connection between them. And once the event or the scenario that you're dealing with uh, doesn't necessitate to have a common channel. You just unplug the radios and you're back to where you were. So if you look at alternatives, uh, they are either infrastructure alternatives, which are expensive, uh, which are complex and are, you know, usually capital expenditure and very big uh, projects. Um, and then everything else that we saw was, was either incomplete uh, or offers a partial solution. You could have an ad hoc Wi-Fi network, but that's not going to tie you into different radios, right? Uh, or you could have a radio interrupt module that's a standalone device, but that will not help you have a phone system while you are are uh, out in the field and not everybody works on radios. So when you're talking about emergency and you have NGOs coming in, uh, they might be using their own personal cell phones. So, uh, you know, you need to palliate that. Um, So with everything that we looked at, it was very important for us to have a a unit that was agnostic to the radio technology so that we could plug everything in uh, to the satellite technology so that we could again, plug everything in depending on what the customers had. Uh, and, and the basic principle is 
we're going to connect to what people already have in their hands and not make them buy other types of radios and so on and so forth so that we can keep a, you know, a, a decent price and help them by using their own equipment. We've run into that problem a couple times, uh, and I know we can trunk other people in. Uh, a good example of that was uh, there was an event in Orange County where police officers from LA County came in to assist, and it took a little bit for them to be able to get up to our communications level because of trunking systems. We're encrypted 800 megahertz. They're not encrypted, uh, whatever they're using in LA County. And, and so it made, a, it made it a little bit difficult for us to talk to each other for a little bit. And now yeah. something like what you were talking about would really help out a lot, especially if it could be done in the field level instead of having to have it go back to dispatch and having IT and dispatch try to figure out what's going on. If you look at uh, things that are going on um, with the counties like uh, Riverside and San Bernardino, uh, they will have from time to time, uh, you know, collaborative work. Let's put it that way. It's it's not something that they're going to do on a day-to-day basis. It's not something that's regularly done. However, you know, they will need to have at one point some interoperability. So, but it doesn't make sense for them to do it at the infrastructure level and to spend, you know, a quarter million dollars for uh, that single event that they're going to need it. So this is why something that is very flexible, uh, you know, a solution like the base camp uh, would help them when they have a cross-border communication need uh, to have an ad hoc network and then to, you know, unplug everyone once they uh, go back to their, uh, to their normal work. What about bringing in other disciplines? So for instance, um, uh, fire, although you're seeing fire go to 800 megahertz encrypted as well, but say like uh, EMS, where they're on a whole complete different uh, uh, radio system as far as I think they're just basically a two-way radio that they have. I don't think it's, I don't believe any of it's encrypted and I don't think it's at the same level as the county uh, stuff. These are private ambulance companies like American Medical Response, for instance, that uh, actually responded to the active shooter that occurred today or yesterday, I should say, in Las Vegas. Um, How are they communicating with each other? Does this um, system fix that issue as well? The answer to that question more... When we get back from our break. Emergencies happen, whether they're related to medical emergencies, threats of physical violence, weather related or other. One of the most difficult things during an emergency is to find help and quickly and efficiently communicate with all parties, regardless of whether you're an administrator, law enforcement, or the end user. With Titan HST, we help distort time by creating high-tech yet simple-to-use mobile-based applications that connect you with the people who can help you. At Titan HST, we believe in the power of people. Hi, this is Todd DeVoe from EM Weekly. If your company is in the emergency management and response space, EM Weekly is a place for you to advertise. Each week, we bring in experts in emergency management, response, and leadership from around the world, and they're here to share their best practices. Our listeners are eager to learn about new products and ideas, so this is the space for you. For more information, please contact Brian at brian at emweekly.com. say like uh, EMS where they're on a whole complete different uh, uh, radio system as far as I think they're just basically a two-way radio that they have. I don't think it's, I don't believe any of it's encrypted and I don't think it's at the same level as the county uh, stuff. These are private ambulance companies like American Medical Response, for instance, that uh, actually responded to the active shooter that occurred today or yesterday, I should say, in Las Vegas. Um, How are they communicating with each other? Does this um, system fix that issue as well? It can, yes. Um, Although most of the work that we do and most of the uh, demands are coming from either um, police departments, sheriff departments, uh, 
uh, search and rescue and fire, which of course search and rescue is part of uh, normally. Uh, we do have, um, you know, ambulance services who also want to be tied in. Um, normally you would have, uh, you know, the police and sheriff departments and the fire departments call in EMS. So we don't see them as much, but they could be uh, as well uh, working with our system. Um, you, know, you know, especially if you're looking at uh, uh, large events and you, you know, you mentioned uh, Vegas, uh, what just happened there, uh, just the Vegas department will not be enough for the needs that they had that day. So if you have, um, you know, five, six, seven different companies coming in from different counties to help out, uh, you know, the, the, it will still uh, help them out uh, by, by using the base camp and having exactly the same type of features and, uh, um, you know, and um, yeah, the same type of features that uh, you will find with the ones that are used by police and fire. Yeah, I mean, that becomes critical. I mean, let's talk about Vegas for a minute. And, you know, there's not enough data right now to to see what the lessons learned are. But, you know, 500 and some odd transported. There was a lot more than just the Vegas Metro uh, Fire Department, you know, transporting people. And, you know, so that that is key. And I don't know. I don't know how far away they're calling rigs in from. But my experience with EMS is, you, you know, you're talking if you're putting three people in per rig, I mean, how many rigs do you need at that point? If you do the math really quick, you know what I mean? So yeah. there's going to yeah. be definitely, and then, and then the ready net specific that we have here in California, where they'll tell us what hospitals to go to. I'm not sure how they work in Vegas, but I'm sure there had to be some coordination of letting them know what hospitals. And so bringing the hospital communication on board would be key as well. There's a huge need for, for your uh, system. That's really Yes, and, and one thing that's important with the, you know, as far as the hospitals are concerned, what they are looking at uh, when they look at the base camp, they're looking at business continuity. So uh, if their main system goes down, what do they do? It's a little bit like uh, what an EOC replacement would do. Um, if they need to move the EOC to a different location for whatever reason, uh, earthquake can be a good one, uh, then uh, where do we go? What do we do? And what's our capacity? And the base camp helps on a uh, temporary basis to relocate and have almost the same capacity that they would have uh, normally. The same goes for the uh, hospitals. If we look at, uh, you know, events like Katrina, uh, they were basically blocked out from them from the rest of the world. Having, uh, having a unit like a base camp there uh, with a satellite dish would have allowed them to coordinate their work a lot quicker uh, with the with the authorities, um, you know, we always need to keep in mind that uh, it's not only the hospitals, um, the the type of work that they are doing with people coming in, but sometimes uh, there's a need for evacuation, and and the need for evacuation is usually happening when there's a, a failure of all systems, communications and, and other, and they need to evacuate to make sure that they keep, uh, um, you know, people safe. So. Uh, that is also a need that is considered when they're looking at uh, at a business continuity perspective. I look at more Oklahoma where the entire hospital uh, for that city was gone. I mean, literally, it just was in pieces, you know. So, And then also down in... Um in Florida, uh, when they evacuated that hospital just during Irma, you know, so I do see, again, uh, another piece uh, for that. The biggest frustration I've ever had uh, when I've ran calls is that communication piece of trying to get a hold of who you need to get a hold of, either to give the information or to get an ETA. And, and sometimes, you know, the systems fail. And it's that's that uh, on a responder frustration is there. 
Um, I can just imagine what it is for the frustration for the hospitals, not knowing how many people are coming in and, and what the conditions of the patients are so that they can be prepared uh, for them on, on a mass casualty uh, type situation if the situ- if the communication goes down. What, so yeah. what's the future look for, for you guys as far as new technology coming out? I mean, wh- how are you guys expanding and, and what's your market reach? Well, of course, you know, we keep a close eye on, on everything that's, uh, that's being put out. Uh, we've talked about FirstNet. Uh, you know, as I said before, uh, uh, you know, the governor of Texas, uh, after uh, the recent event, said that they're going to go ahead and fund the uh, necessary resources to have FirstNet available. Um, the base camp is ready for FirstNet. So even uh, even if somebody buys it now and goes on FirstNet in two, three, four years from now, they will be able to operate uh, their base camp with FirstNet. So, uh, and that's something that's pretty, uh, pretty important. Um, we're looking at... You know, all sorts of technologies. We go to the IWC show every year uh, to see what else is out there and uh, what are the, uh, the developments. Uh, we pair up with, um, you know, uh, companies, uh, even with uh, radio companies that have their radio interoperability modules uh, to integrate that within our system. So we are looking, you know, the, the basic idea with the base camp is agnostic to technology again. So we're trying very hard to make sure that as we go down the road, uh, if there's, uh, you know, switches in technology, it is not difficult for our customers to switch to that without replacing everything from the base camp. And, and one of the big, best example I think is um, 5G or next gen LTE or, you know, whatever they're going to call it. Um, should they uh, switch to next generation LTE, um, it will be very simple for our customers to maybe change one or two uh, units within within the the base camp uh, and keep on operating the system, uh, you know, without the need of changing everything. Well, that's really cool so, too. Yeah, in, in terms of networks, uh, that applies to, you know, where we're going in the future. Um, you know, search and rescue, by the um, nature of their work, is very important for us. Uh, whether they be FEMA teams or type two teams or type three teams, uh, we are in close contact with these people to let them know that we exist, that we do. Um, we, uh, as I said, again, we're a Canadian company. We have uh, basically all of the search and rescue teams in Canada, the large uh, type one search and rescue teams are using the base camp already. So it's already you know, been proven in the field. Um, we also uh, reach out to fire, police, and sheriff departments throughout the states. And of course, uh, we need to prioritize. And of course, California is one of our priorities uh, where, you know, there's a lot of people, there's a lot of hazards, um, and, and there's a lot of needs. So we uh, basically uh, cover California all the way to Florida and right up to the uh, East Coast is where we concentrate our efforts, let's say, for the coming year. And then we also have agreements, of course, uh, with people who work in the Midwest and uh, on the Northeast and the Northwest. And, and we uh, we sell through either partnerships uh, or direct um, uh, there too. But we definitely concentrate on some niche markets where the FEMA teams are located, for example, and that will drive our, our business for the next uh, year or so. And then if we talk, you know, have the same conversation maybe in two or three years from now, uh, we're going to have, you know, expansion in Europe. We're going to have expansion in Southeast Asia and, and uh, other countries that um, 
don't have the same infrastructure that we have, uh, that don't have the same initiative that, that we have like FirstNet, uh, but that have client needs for something that works in the field. So uh, we are uh, looking at that very closely to, to develop in the next couple of years. Yeah, I've been, I've been in parts of the world where uh, if you don't have a satellite phone, you're not going to get any connection. So uh, something like sure. what you're doing with the, with the base camp is, is really important. Okay, so if somebody wanted to get a hold of you guys and to have a demo or see you know see what you guys do, how could they find you? So it's very simple. Uh, BasecampConnect.com is our website. Um, we uh, want to put as much information in the hands of people so that they can decide from themselves uh, if they want to pursue it uh, or not. So there's a lot of videos that are on the website. There's explanations on what the system does, what's the type of capacity. Um, and if they are interested, uh, they can either click on one of the buttons that will ask them, you know, I want to know more, please contact me. I want to schedule a live demo to understand better how it works. Or I, you know, I seem to, seem to understand what this is doing. I want a quote. So you could do all three, request a quote, uh, request a demo online, or request us to call you to have more information directly from the website. Uh, there's also my coordinates that are out there. Uh, email, very simple. It's Francis at BasecampConnect.com. And the phone number uh, is there too. It's, an, it's a uh, uh, toll-free number, 855-900-3539. And my extension is 2004. So uh, any way that people want to reach us, uh, it's pretty simple to do that. And we usually respond within the hour. That's great. For those of you guys that don't have a pencil in your hand or if you're driving on the road, all that information will be uh, down in the show notes. So uh, don't fret. You can still get that information. All right, Frank, toughest question of the day. You ready for it? I think so. Okay. (laughs) Uh, What book would you recommend to somebody who is in this field? Uh, Yeah, toughest question of the day, definitely. Well, you know, if, if it's in regards to the you know products and and guidelines and what to do and i don't want to necessarily sell what we're doing here but we have ebooks that are more general than just product specific on uh what to think of when you buy a mobile command vehicle for example and they and then of course communications are included in there um Uh, I'd have to say that it's not a book, but uh, one of the uh, people that I really like to follow uh, on LinkedIn is Craig Fugate. And Craig Fugate is an ex-FEMA director. Um, He's very active on LinkedIn, posts uh, a lot of stuff in there. And um, some of them are uh, what, you know, do's and don'ts and uh, why things are working or not. And it's not necessarily technology. You're going to see sometimes that it's going to be procedures and it can also be about uh, policies. Um, You know, he wrote a recent uh, article on how to mitigate uh, floods in areas that, um, you know, um, I'd say urban areas have uh, kind of uh, stepped over, uh, uh, you know, natural flood prone, maybe flood prone um, areas, but that uh, if, you know, nature itself uh, repairs much, uh, much quicker than we do if, if it overflows homes. So interesting articles on how to rethink sometimes urban development uh, all the way to, uh, you know, what to do to, uh, uh, to avoid losing your, uh, your goods when, when a hurricane hits. Um, and then, of course, it goes all the way to policies and all that stuff. So very interesting person to follow. All right, Frank. Well, is there anything else that you'd like to add before we let you go? Um, well, I think we've covered a lot. Um, 
in the short 20, 25, 30 minutes that we talk, um, I'd say that uh, usually our system and, and what we just talked about today spurs a lot of questions. You know, is, is this thing going to work with what I have? It, does it work in the area that I have? What is it cost? You know, so on and so forth. So I would encourage people to just uh, reach out and uh, ask whatever questions they have, and we'd be uh, more than happy to answer them. Awesome. Well, sir, thank you so much for being here. I can't wait to see your product out there in the field doing what it's supposed to be doing. Thank you for having me on the air. Really appreciate it. I, uh, I look forward to hearing back from you and uh, everybody who uh, listened to the podcast.